the Kintech studio. It is Canuck Central. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw. First hour of Canuck Central in the books. We talked with Frank Valley, his take on where the Canucks are and what their next steps could be, including should Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko really not be a part of the untouchables conversation. Also, some notes from practice today and how concerning is JT Miller's season so far? We discussed that off the top of the show. But it is a Wednesday, Sat. So you know what Wednesday is. It's time for overrated or underrated here on Canuck Central. Very excited. Sometimes we do perfectly rated, too, you know. It could be. Could be. Uh, we've got producer Ben behind the glass today. No pressure. No pressure. Filling uh, in for Josh Elliott Wolf. Ginger- Josh Elliott Wolf. Overrated or underrated? Oof. He's no underrated. <laughs> good man. He good, trained good me. Answer. He trained me. <laughs> Gingerbread cookies. Overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? They're overrated. Yeah? You're not a yeah. gingerbread guy? Not a gingerbread guy. Mm. They can be okay, but I don't think you can call them underrated. Yeah. There's not really a lot of like Christmas cookies that I'm I'm really into. Do you like those yeah. Pillsbury ones? Mm. Nope. No. Nope. See if you liked it you would have said yes really fast there. <laughs> like do you think Santa eats all of the cookies when he's going to and doing his rounds on uh, on Christmas? Probably. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Somebody's eating those cookies. That's all I know. We're going to start with Discount Dracula. We're going to go to hockey. Yep. Away from Christmas. Okay. Overrated, underrated, GM Patrick Alvin on After Hours on Saturday night. Oof. I mean, honestly, man. honestly, given uh, what people feel, like even Raymond's texting in and saying, uh, nothing's going to change until this ownership is different if they turn down a second round pick for Luke Shen. If they don't, if they don't get a pick back for Shen this offs, I mean by the deadline, then yeah, you can look back and say, hey, they made a mistake. Or what, what are they doing, not taking the pick or whatever? But I completely agree, they should be trading him and then trying to re-sign him this off season, have the best of both worlds, and bank that second round pick. But given the the level of discourse around this management team and what they think of them and and how people are convinced they are bending 2.0 and people want them fired, I'd say based on that. They're underrated because I don't think it's as dire as people are making it out to be so far. Underrated because it's a skill to be able to say so little, uh, as Patrick Alvin does in all of his interviews. So yeah, Fair. well, yeah. I mean, you know what? I will say this though: um, if you can't articulate your vision or even BS, people are not going to handle that very well. Like, it, part That's of fair. the job is you being able to articulate your position or at least getting people to agree or buy in one way or another. And if you don't gain that skill, well, it's going to be hard for you to get your message across to the fans at whole. Next. From Phil, the NHL refusing to play on Christmas. <laughs> Overrated or underrated? Uh, the uh, NHL loves being comfortable. They, they like they like having their Christmases off, spending time with their families. You know, no yeah. trade clauses. Nobody gets traded. No one can get traded during Christmas. No playing during Christmas. Trade freeze. You can't get sent down yeah. in the lead up to Christmas. People want to be very comfortable for the holidays. Unless uh, you're you're Nils Hoglander and they wait until literally the final minute <laughs> before the the trade freeze kicks in or the roster freeze kicks in. Go uh, down, kid. Honestly, Merry Christmas. Underrated. 
Like I don't know. The last thing I want to do on Christmas Day is 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 watch a hockey game. I'm sorry. I will say, I, I mean, on Christmas we get to see NFL sometimes. We see basketball right on Christmas Day. The marquee um, matchup. Oh yeah, it's it's the rare uh, Sunday Christmas. So we're gonna have a load of NFL games. Yeah, lots of NFL on. So I mean, I, I don't mind it this year, but there are years when I'm like, yeah, I like basketball, I like watching basketball, but it'd be nice to have a hockey game on in the evening. So so I get that, but it means we're always off on Christmas as long as the NHL doesn't play. So in that for that sense, it's underrated. <laughs> we're grateful. That's why it yeah. matters, man. That's why it matters. From um, a, from a different Phil. Oh, sorry, yeah. did you have one? No, I was just gonna say like Christmas is is not not my time for hockey. Sorry. Fair enough. That's it. From a different Phil, overrated, underrated, the risk of Pedersen pulling a Matthew Kachuk and hurting Canucks fans that way. He says this offseason, but it's not going to be this offseason. It would be next offseason. It would be well, next offseason. Well, he could not re-sign if the Canucks offered him this season. Canucks probably get an idea this, mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> yes. So is that an overrated or underrated fear for fans? Um, Honestly, like... I. So my sense has been, I mean, you throw a contract in front of him. Of course, you know, wanting to win is, matters. But I think there is a way to get a contract done. But, but, it is a legitimate concern for fans to have. And I think it's a legitimate question to ask based on how this season is going about how long are you away from winning? How is he going to view that? How is that going to happen? I think organizationally, it's going to be very easy for them to just give him what he wants and get it done. The hardest part is going to come down to Pedersen himself. Like, if he says... Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it this year. Then the Canucks have to trade him this summer. You have no choice. You can't drag that into next year and then into the final year of his eligibility when he's an RFA before hitting UFA. Like the reason the Canucks want to get this figured out is because if there is a chance that he doesn't want to stay, you need to find that out as soon as possible. The reason it, it, it is legitimate to have some level of worry is Pedersen is the rare player that can call his shot in this situation, right? Even JT Miller. For as much as there was a notion of, oh, he'd love to go back to the U.S. and all this stuff, you know, being at his age and having $56 million on the table sitting in front of you, it's kind of hard to say no to that, right? It's kind of hard to say, you know what, I'm going to pass on this, go play 82 games and try to match my career best ever season. You get a number that you are comfortable with it is very easy to sign on the dotted line and and just be done with it. So I I do think it's still more likely than not, you know, if the Canucks offer a big contract to Elias Pettersson, that they get something done. But until it is complete, there will always be some level of doubt. I do think it's a little bit overrated to be overly worried about that situation right now. Okay, we'll move on to a topic, depending on how the Canucks do this season. Overrated, underrated, being back in the Bedard conversation. Ooh, Underrated. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I push back against uh, a lot of the notion that you're going to end up being that bad. But with the way they're playing, with the injuries now, and if you do end up you know, trading Bo and trading some guys, and maybe if you shut down Thatcher Demko, like, there is a pathway now, guys. For you to have a bottom five six record and have a shot at getting Connor Bedard, like hey, if you want Connor Bedard, keep doing what you're doing, keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing, boys. Because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're probably going to end up getting there. So I think it's honestly, I didn't think it would be, but based on how they're playing and that they're playing really poorly t- team wise or process wise, I think it's I think it's uh, very much possible. I 
I still find it hard to believe the Canucks will end up below any of the teams that they are currently above in the standings. <laughs> Those six teams right now, Philadelphia, Arizona, San Jose, Columbus, Anaheim, and Chicago. Like, they're all really bad teams and probably getting worse as the season goes on. So, I, I, yeah. I'm with you, Sat. Like, you know, the, like there is a pathway for them to have the sixth or seventh best lottery odds, but I, I can't see it dropping into the top five. Like, those teams... <sighs> Like, those teams are just so bad. So, so bad. I, I get what you're saying, Dan. I totally understand what you're saying. But, I mean, like, when we look back at that, what, what, what year was it when Colorado had that horrible season? Yeah. Um, was it 2016? 20, yeah, 2016, 2017. They won only 22 games that year. Let me name the players that were on that team. Okay. Nathan McKinnon, mm-hmm. Matt Duchesne, mm-hmm. Nico Rantanen, Tyson Berry, Ooh. Gabriel Landeskog. Yikes. And they also had Jerome McGinley for leadership on that team. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's a, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, yep. Rantanen wasn't what he is today, but Duchesne's a good player, had a bad year. McKinnon had a down year that season. Tyson Berry struggled defensively. Landeskog struggled that year. But, you know, Landeskog played 72 games. Tyson Berry played 74. Rantanen 75. Duchesne 77. Nathan McKinnon 82. And they have one of the worst records we've seen in recent history. So um, if you want to make the comparison for Colorado and how to rebuild, if you want to look at how a decent a talent roster had a horrible season, that's what you can emulate this season, guys. Like, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Ooh. Okay. That's... Uh... All right, you you convince me. It's uh it's underrated. <laughs> I I can't believe I'm saying this. Like I, I push back and then against this vehemently earlier. Like Daniel and Campbell is going to be like, I told you, Sad, they're going to be under 500. I scoffed at that notion after the first five or six, seven games. Like they'll normalize and they have normalized. But the way things are trending, it's it's possible. Yeah, it, it, you know what? If they uh, look, I maybe I'm more hoping that they punt on this season because of where they are and just how. Um, hopeless it feels to keep this going but yeah uh, if you can make some trades sooner rather than later uh, it may help their quest to get the highest possible percentage towards winning the draft lottery which we know in vancouver is a fool's game because they won't win it anyways even if they had the best lottery odds i do want to get this one in from uh from jabbo uh who is essentially saying uh well overrated or underrated the sell the team chances. Uh, Jabo says, what do you think of the owner meddling? Is Aquilini deserving of the level of vitriol he is facing or are fans in particular media looking for a scapegoat? Overrated or underrated? Um, so I understand why people ask this question. That's why I've never, I've never pushed back. and been upset. The fans say, Oh, is, 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 you know, asking the question, like, is, is, is there meddling going on? And I've, broken this down in the past we've seen management teams have autonomy that autonomy however however has only lasted so long mike gillis had it for quite a while but then we all know what started happening we know the infamous interview he had when you know i was working on that show at that time that day you know mcgillis came on and essentially said it's me or tortorella my way it's either you let me do my job the way i want to or essentially fire me and they ended up firing him not too long after that so like we know where it got to on that point that was a very public scenario we know what happened uh, the last time with Trevor Linden and how there was a, well, amicable, not so amicable split with the organization. And looking back mm-hmm. at it now, it was it's pretty clear, you know, what started happening. There was autonomy and then that kind of changed. And, you know, where did we end up? As long as there's trust, people have been allowed to do their jobs. And this is 
pretty general around the league too. Not every team's like this, but a lot of teams are. When that trust gets broken down, you see more decisions being made or suggested by ownership. That's There's been a history of that here in Vancouver. And because of that, I think it's fair for people to have that question. Of course there, it is. And we've talked about it on this show. We've criticized it on this show. I've reported on these things in the past. As we speak, we sit here today, everything I know is that we're in that stage where management has autonomy. The question is, how long does that autonomy last for and ultimately how does that change so i think it's overrated in the sense of ownership being on top of things today and, and forcing them to sign jt and do these things like i don't think that's what's happening but because of the history in the past the question is when does that start happening and hey maybe that's a fair question to ask when does it start happening because it's always been a when not an if but that's i think the, the the realistic breakdown of that question in that scenario and as we speak today and where we're sitting today i think people saying that Francesco is making the decisions for who they sign or making management do this or that. I don't think that's happening today. I think Rutherford fully has autonomy to work his roster the way he wants to work it. Uh, bottom line is this team hasn't been good enough. And the market has every right to be upset at every level of the organization for how poor things have gone. And, you know... To say that a billionaire owner is putting millions of dollars into a team and is wanting to have some level of input on what goes on within that business, I mean, it happens in pretty much every market, almost every market, some more than others, sure, but as long as there is as little success as this organization has had, almost all criticism, as long as it doesn't cross a line, is pretty fair game for the way things have gone here in Vancouver. So uh, always going to be underrated for me, as long as you keep it, uh, keep it PG in some senses with your, uh, with your critiques. Criticism throughout equally says Dan. Yes. 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 Back to the Bedard train. Mm. Overrated, underrated. The world juniors. Oh, Oh, overrated, <laughs> man. The World Junior impact is overrated. World Junior performances are overrated. Yes. We've seen good ones. We've seen bad ones. And they've had next no, no impact on what the player ends up being long term. So I think it's fun. It's good. A lot of things you can take from it. And that's not to say that there aren't traits you can take from a player or they can't have impressive showings and that help their stock and that you should take note of. But I would be careful with the level of info you take from that tournament. Even from just a... Uh from an entertainment perspective, I've found that the tournament is is also overrated. You know, like some of the hockey is is good. You get some good games here and there, but how often are those games early in the tournament? It's generally the Canada-US game on, on New Year's Eve that we all watch, and then the final. Maybe the semifinals, the final four can be pretty interesting, but in general, most of the tournament is kind of <laughs> like we're just playing until we get to the final we all hope to see, which is Canada versus the U.S., <laughs> right? And, and I get that, and, and it's provided some, some really entertaining games. But as I've grown up, I've sort of realized much of what Sat mentioned, and that is, you know, the performances in this tournament are overvalued. Uh, it, it is a, a great made-for-TV type of event, that we all love in that sense, but what does it actually mean in the bigger picture? Not that much. 
and then you throw in everything that's happened over the past 12 months and everything we've learned in the past 12 months around things that have happened around previous mm-hmm. tournaments, I mean, it makes it even that much harder to get up for this event for me personally right now. So I would definitely yeah. say overrated uh, on uh, on the World Juniors. Okay. Uh, let's Let's go next. We can't not do this segment with me here without including a food topic. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, this is part of overrated, underrated. So it, it's got to be from Oz. Overrated, underrated stuffing at Christmas dinner. And I'm just going to say Christmas dinner. And I'd like to know what you guys do for Christmas dinner. Eat turkey, ham. Ooh. Uh, it usually ends up being some sort of turkey dish or, you know, when I'm with the family, it'll be some eclectic. It usually ends up being some sort of potluck, right? Like you yep. you have family over and there's a bunch of different things together. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what happens for Christmas. There's always either turkey or ham, though, one way or another. One or, one or the other. The, uh, the turkey is always great. I'm more of a stuffing guy than I am... Uh, than I was in my younger days. So stuffing, underrated. Like some people make fantastic stuffing. It can be really good. It can be really good. Like quality, quality stuffing. Gotta have a good gravy though, you know. Turkey can be a little bit dry at times unless you're deep frying it. So gotta have a good gravy. Uh, turkey dinner, always great. Christmas dinner, always underrated. My favorite Christmas dinner though is Christmas Eve. And the vibes are so high. The okay. feast of the seven fishes, as we have in uh, in the Italian households. We only we don't eat meat on uh, on Christmas Eve, um, and we just have <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I was blessed. Uh, my my brother in law is a caterer uh, in Toronto, so he would uh, you know like we just have all of the food. <laughs> There'd be fish everywhere, like great grilled calamari and everything else. Or as they would say in Brooklyn, the galamad, you know, it's, it's the good stuff. And, uh, man, so good. Like a pasta, the linguini di frutti di mare. I mean, oh, man, I'm just I'm salivating myself just thinking about it. But Christmas Eve dinner was always more of my favorite than actual Christmas dinner because I enjoyed uh, the feast of the seven fishes that we would have. So Christmas Eve dinner, underrated. Yeah, Christmas Eve dinner, underrated. Purple. Also, do, like, do you open presents Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Never did Christmas Eve. It's always Christmas morning. Oh, yeah. I know people like have like a one gift rule on Christmas Eve. Yep. Uh, I I give one, two. Well, depends. Depends. Depends on who it is. Hmm. Like your significant other, you got to give at least two gifts. Ooh, at least two. Or at least two. It's got to be two. It's got to be, yeah. I mean... One usually is not enough unless it's like something massive, like really, really nice. That's a really big one. Like one yeah, big, big one, one or you got to go to. Yeah, or like a two or, or like something else or something. Or like I mean, a little stocking like, with some, some goodies in it. Yeah, because I mean people love opening gifts mm. on Christmas. Like part of the, the, the fun for Christmas for a lot of people is just the, the act of opening whatever it is you open, having a few things to open up. So I think that's what it is more than anything else. So you want to have a couple of things that you give out. The family is usually like one thing each. Um, yeah. I uh, so my wife has brought me into the the life of of doing Christmas Eve openings. European thing, a Hungarian thing, I guess. I don't know, mm. but we now open everything on Christmas Eve. It's great. It's don't mind fun. it at all. Don't mind it at all. Love it. All right, next. Not a Christmas dish. Okay, but this one definitely caught my eye. Sauerkraut as a hot dog topping. Take you back to baseball season. Yeah. 
I'm a sauerkraut guy. Yeah, sauerkraut's nice. I like sauerkraut. I'm in. At the yeah. knot? Yeah. Well, sauerkraut on the foot long. What is that? Thing? How long is that <laughs> hot dog? It's too too big. It's massive. Too, it's 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 too much. It's too much hot dog. I will say, like, ketchup doesn't belong on a hot dog, though. What? Yeah. No ketchup Why? on a hot dog. It's, what? Doesn't like, need how, it. Are you from Chicago? Of, just a little bit of mustard, you know. Doesn't belong? I've only been told that's that a, in Chicago. That's such a pretentious take. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, it doesn't belong. It like, I, not like, not like I don't like ketchup on a hot dog. It doesn't belong on a hot dog. It's like the one condiment that belongs on a hot dog is ketchup, for goodness sake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the last one I have here is overrated, underrated holiday movies from Drew. Ooh. Holiday movies. Does I it mean, get you in the mood or is it kind of like, I don't want to watch this? Annoying. Uh, I'd say, I don't know. To me, Home Alone is always underrated. Yeah. Like, I- I'll watch a-, a-, a Christmas movie or two or, or three maybe. But, like, I don't know. I don't-, I don't need to watch a Christmas movie to enjoy Christmas. Like, I don't need to have Christmas movies on at some point. Like, I usually end up watching it because that's what the family wants to have something on. So you end up putting <laughs> something on, right? But yeah. generally speaking, I-, I can go without watching a Christmas movie during Christmas. I mean, I know people that, like, for the entire month of December, just like leave it on the Hallmark Channel, and they're always watching <laughs> holiday movies. That's that's dedication. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that, there, there's a point where you can cross the line, and it becomes overrated. But uh, to me, mm, a good Christmas movie at the right time is underrated. It can be overdone, but a quality Christmas movie always good, always a good time. Whether it's Home Alone. Die Hard, or even sometimes Elf. I'm not the yeah. biggest fan of Elf. Yeah, Christmas Vacation is a classic. We were talking about the, the movies. Uh, it's a bargain scene. Oh, so many. I mean, there's so many great ones. Like Christmas Vacation is fantastic. Like I didn't, I didn't add into, um, you know, my trio yes. of movies we talked about last time. But you could very well make always make room for Christmas Vacation. I feel like Sat goes full Clark Griswold almost after every Canucks game. I do, more or less. In the post games. <laughs> yeah. I pretty I like much that. do. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I want to get one final one in from Justin and East Van. Uh, Negroni Sbagliato with Prosecco. Now, this is the, the TikTok thing, right, that everybody's been talking about for the last couple of months? With Prosecco in it. Yes. A Negroni Sbagliato with Prosecco. With Prosecco. And the it. response was, oh, that's lovely. It's <laughs> <laughs> lovely. <laughs> lovely. I, I mean, I, I don't try these things. Um, yes. And honestly, I've, I've been so sick the past month. I'm finally getting better. But I've I've been sick the past month that I've, like, not indulged at all. You know? So, like... But I see these TikToks. Sad's drinking green tea right now. I have been. I've been yeah. a lot of green tea, a lot of water, a lot of liquids, a lot of honey, too. Mm. Um, but I saw one, and I forgot what the mix was, but it was um, two liquors. Yeah. One was, it was a beer and something else. I forget what the other one was. And it was like, it tastes like Dr. Pepper. Oh. And the guy tried it, and it's like, no, it literally tastes like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but okay, I'm into it. I'd try it at least once. Uh, the, the reason I brought this up, though, is because um, like this whole saying is very overrated. You don't say Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it. I'm not even sure what that means. That's what, what a Spagliato is. Spagliato means wrong. <laughs> so, spagliato wrong? Uh, <laughs> You, if you want a Negroni sbagliato, which is just a Negroni with 
Prosecco instead of gin. You just say sbagliato. That's all I want. <laughs> you don't say with Prosecco. That, that's implied. See, it's I thought the, it was a Negroni and you top it with Prosecco. No, the, the Prosecco is already part of the drink. You rep- Negroni sbagliato is... So it's Campari Senzano gin, usually. So sbagliato is you take out the gin and you put in Prosecco. I'm learning. <laughs> All right. Does everybody get that? Does everybody understand now? Learn something new every day. So go home okay. and, and make your Negroni Spagliatos. I- I'm so confused right now. Like, you know, <laughs> what, what with, with I Prosecco hear, in it. What I hear right now, you know when you were sitting um, in like uh, language class, whether it was like French class or Spanish class back in school or whatever, and you're daydreaming, and, and then you start like tuning back in midway through them trying to explain something, and you're like, so lost about what what's being said, what means what, and if they come to you to ask you something, you're, you're just like, please just do not ask me because I have no idea what's being said right now. And that's me. I have no idea what you're saying right now. Like I, I've lost the plot during uh, Italian class yet again. All right. Well, I tried to teach you something, and you just stop looking out the window. Went right over your head. This is like me when you were talking about quantum physics the other day at the Canucks game. Quantum computing, was it? Yeah. In any case. <laughs> quantum computing don't make me bring the quantum computing take out right now man Quant- quantum computing okay. underrated people don't realize all how right. it's going to change the game whenever they figure it out in like 10 20 years <laughs> all right uh you've been listening to canuck central <laughs>